0: Hello and welcome to Ascent Dental Radio, a program dedicated to the balance between the clinical aspect of healthcare and the business of healthcare. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Coughlin.
1: Good evening. You're listening to Ascent Dental Solutions. My name is Dr. Kevin Coughlin, and I want to welcome you to this evening's podcast. As you've been listening over the last three to four years, these podcasts go on and they couldn't be done without the help of Mr. David Wolf. I want to thank him for his expertise in putting these productions together. Uh, Scent Dental Solutions focuses on knowledge, education, development, and training. And I also want to give special thanks to Vocal Dental Supply Company for sponsoring this information. Without their expertise and help, a lot of dentists would have some significant problems. I not only use their uh, supplies and their expertise on a day-to-day basis, but I hope our listeners would give them a try also. Tonight's a special night. I have a special guest. And his name is Mr. Gary Wilson. I thought rather than listen to me pontificate week after week, Gary brings a business aspect to this podcast that I think could be enormously helpful to our listeners. Without any further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Gary Wilson, who's an expert in the business of corporations with a specialty of helping professionals, chiropractors, dentists, physicians, accountants, and business people in general. Gary, thank you so much for taking time to be on this evening's podcast. Why don't you give our listeners a little background about what you do and how you can help us?
2: Sure, Kevin. And first off, thank you very much for having me as your guest. And thank you for all the listeners for uh, lending me your ear. Uh, I'm Wilson. I am Gary Wolfson. I am a real estate investor by trade for the last 33 and a half years. I was in banking for 18 years Doing mergers and acquisitions. I have a degree in computer science, and basically, I was a number cruncher for a large banking institution, and we helped that banking institution grow to be the fifth largest in the country. Uh, all the while, I was buying investment properties, real estate investment properties on the side, and I was moving up into management and the, the executive level quite quickly. But I learned very fast. I, I just didn't want to be in the corporate world, so I wanted to be independent. I left the corporate world and started building entities to own properties, and then I started building entities to serve the consumers. I built a brokerage company, a property management business, a title company, an appraisal company, uh, all to serve fellow investors, most of whom were always professionals in the field, almost always degreed to a certain degree, and also, quite frankly, mostly business owners. Uh, And I realized that people who own their own businesses, particularly dentists, for example, have that unique entrepreneurial gene that lends itself very well to investing successfully in real estate because they treat investing like a business. And it is a business, just like a practice. You've got income expense, profit loss, asset liabilities. You've got inventory. You've got your customers on a repeat basis. Well, those skills lend themselves very well. So I've had great success consulting with folks in the dental business over the last several years. And, and Kevin, oddly enough, I've been interviewed by, I think, four or five different dental podcasts just in the last month. Something must have gotten out on the airwaves. I'm not sure what it is, but um, I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful to be here to help others. You know.
1: Well, what I've personally found in my 38 years of being a, a practicing dentist and a businessman is many times our expertise is in the clinical aspect uh, of healthcare, but the business aspect many times we, we lack training, we lack knowledge and confidence in those areas. And prior to this podcast, we chatted a little bit about what limited liability companies can do and how we can leverage this so we don't wake up at age 60, 65 or 70 and say, wow, Is there a way for us to have some passive income? Mm -hmm. Is there a way for us to achieve a little bit more financial freedom? besides the clinical aspect of dentistry. And one of the reasons I thought this would be helpful in this podcast is your background and expertise to help professionals like dentists acquire that goal. Why don't you speak a little bit to what you think these limited liability companies, S corporations can do to help us in the real estate field and in the business aspect of our practice? Absolutely.
2: Great, great question. So, just big picture here, there is a difference between obviously C Corps and S Corps and partnerships. And again, and within the world of LLCs, you can make LLCs look and behave like the other entities, like S Corps, like partnerships, for example. So, uh, and by the way, I'm, I'm not an accountant or an attorney. Uh, so, these are my examples and the examples of consumers. In clients I've helped over the last couple of decades. Uh, so first things first, when you have a service business like a dental practice, an S-Corp lends itself very well to being the entity of choice for that practice. And most dentists do have their practice set up in the way of S-Corps. Now, within the S-Corp structure, there are some, some basic benefits. Number one, you can set up a retirement plan. You can set up a medical savings plan. You can do certain things with retained earnings. And basically you can maximize your tax position by using the code that's available to you, the tax code that's available to you. So just briefly on S-Corps and dentists in particular, for example, in the state of California, and this was true the at least the last time I was there last year, whenever a dentist was first licensed to practice, they automatically qualify for a, a million dollar line of credit in the state of California. Now that may not be true in other states, maybe it's true to a lesser degree, but what they can do is take advantage of that line of credit to a first establish the practice, but also within that construct, that means they can buy a property that they can house the business in. So for example, they may be able to buy a half million dollar small little retail place with maybe three or four storefronts and that would be bought now there's here's where things get different Kevin that physical property would not be purchased by the S Corp it would be purchased by a separate entity in the way of a simple LLC and this the, the term simple actually means something so so just remember simple LLC or single member LLC so the LLC would own the property, and then the practice, which is the S-Corp, and the S-Corp would rent the space from the LLC, the space where the dentist has his or her practice. Now, the dentist, being a smart business person, would also have his or her LLC that owns that physical property lease the other spaces to related businesses, maybe a small pharmacy, maybe a maybe a pharmacy. Uh, Practitioner, maybe an orthodontist, uh, you know, there's a number of things you can do, a number of entities you can lease to that will be compatible with your practice. And all in the while, that LLC that owns the physical property is getting net rent income coming in every single month. Now, over time, that LLC is going to grow in value because the property that's inside of it is going to grow in value. And as you raise rents, you use income approach to valuation to raise the value of the property in the LLC. Now, here's a couple of neat things you can do. The Let's say the dentist is fairly new. First three years of practice, they just started gaining some traction. They got some income coming in. Maybe there's pressure to buy their own home. Maybe they're getting married. Uh, but what they can do is that S Corp that houses the practice can lend money to the LLC in the way of a business loan. That money could then be used as a down payment for that LLC to buy the property. And then, of course, the dentist would fund the other, you know, get a loan, so as you get a loan for the other 80% from a local lending institution. So what I'm getting at is, as long as the money is used for a business purpose, and in this case it is, and it's documented, it's an actual legitimate loan, the interest that's paid back to the S-Corp is then considered income, of course, but the principal is not considered income. I mean, you can get, you know, creative and, you know, waive the interest and things like that. But then that loan would then be considered income to the LLC because if they don't have to pay interest, it's like a gift, you know, so you have to clean that. So my theory is just keep it simple. Keep it simple. But what I'm getting at is leverage what you've already got, leverage your practice to be able to acquire through this proper structure other income producing assets and by the way if you buy something other than a building that's going to house your practice and the practices of other practitioners use another llc to buy other unrelated rentals you can buy duplexes and triplexes and fourplexes that you have professionally managed from within those other llcs here's my suggestion this is what i do for myself i don't want to own any more than $1 million in assets in any one LLC. So I'll have multiple LLCs owning assets in different locations, different states, to spread my risk across multiple entities. But the bottom line is this, is anything that's not related to your practice, use separate LLCs and spread your eggs across multiple baskets by having multiple LLCs all the while you know each one can defeat the next one. So uh, you're basically leveraging the equity in one to buy the next property in the next LLC. And here's the most beautiful thing. Over time, you do follow the example of Stephen Hatcher, a dentist in North Carolina. He's got probably 250 units. There's other cases, there's Mark Costas and up in uh, Sedona, Arizona. And they're very good, they're great dentists, they have multiple practices and they also have multiple properties. But here's what I'm getting to. The leverage isn't just one directional. It's not just from the practices, the S Corp that the practices in to these other LLCs. It can also go backwards. In other words, you can you can borrow money against an LLC that has rental properties as long as it's seasoned and has some equity and cash flow. You can borrow, you can do what's called a blanket mortgage or a commercial line of credit to leverage those that equity to then go back to the S Corp and allow the dentist to buy other practices. Does that make sense, Kevin?
1: I think I understand it. Let me uh, ask some generic questions that may help our listeners. At present time, most dentists are solo practitioners. The group or DSOs and MSOs are growing, but at Mm -hmm. this point, the general group are still solo practitioners. Would it be your advice to put the real estate, if they own the real estate, in that separate simple LLC automatically. So let's just say Dr. Jones is a practicing dentist and he or she owns that real estate. They don't have any other entities. They're just, let's just say a run of the mill, hardworking professional. And uh, they've been focused on their clinical skills. Would your advice be to them to make sure that that real estate that they're working out of and they own be put in a separate LLC? Yes or no? Yes,
2: absolutely. Yes, separation of liabilities, because if something happens at the property, a proverbial somebody slips on the bar of soap and falls, a savvy attorney will not only go after the, they'll try to pierce what's called the corporate veil, but they'll sue the LLC that owns the property. And if the practice is in there too, now the practice is now subject to that suit. It can be attached to the suit. So that's why you always want to separate the ownership of the, of the physical building from the ownership of the practice. It's a good, good, good question. Yeah.
1: Okay. Now each of these, a limited liability companies or simple LLCs. They have to be registered in the state that you're operating, is that correct?
2: Yeah, now there's more to it than that. We use the state of Wyoming to set up a master LLC. And you can do what's called a series LLC. So let's say you have a practitioner who's, you know, crossing the state line between uh, Arizona and California. They live in, uh, you know, Palm Springs, for example you would have the the individual property ownership, you'd have an LLC in California and an LLC in in Arizona. But the master LLC that owns those two LLCs is actually housed in Wyoming. And the reason we suggest that is Wyoming has very favorable owner laws, business owner laws. There's also no state corporate tax in Wyoming. Now, you've got to remember, uh, whatever property the whatever state the property's in, that state's gonna want their taxes. They're gonna want to get paid. (laughs) But the proceeds that go to the master LLC, uh, well, Wyoming doesn't tax those proceeds. So so that's the the big picture long answer to your question, but the reality is, is yes, uh, whatever state you buy properties in, the LLC, you should have an individual LLC in that state to own those properties.
1: Gary, for our listeners, if they wanted to reach out and speak to you directly, is there a website, a podcast, a phone number where our listeners can reach out and say, look it, I'd like some additional information and you can hopefully coach them or educate them in some perhaps more specific information than what we've covered this evening?
2: Absolutely. So I do have a website, and the website is myinvestmentservices.com. And there's some communities. uh, We have a community there. They can go to click on members area and kind of check out the community we have developed. They they can do it free for a month. By the way, don't even have to pay anything. They can just check it out. There is a podcast we have. We just started back in February with the podcast, and it's growing quite rapidly. It's called Real Estate Investing for professional men and women and it's on 25 different channels uh, stitcher itunes iHeartRadio, things like that and also if they want to they can um email support at myinvestmentservices.com. actually you know what give them this david uh gary at my that's my personal email for the business so i don't if any dentist wants to email me personally i don't mind at all And they can also call 1-800-931-2605, 2605. And they'll speak with either Jody, Judy, or Beverly. And they all work for me personally. They're my admins. My personal admin and they, they'll know where i am they know how to get a hold of me i'm on the move quite a bit and we we do events uh sometimes you'll see me speaking i just was at harvard about a month ago speaking to a, about 130 different doctors so i don't mind at all doing that traveling and if somebody really needs my help i'm here to serve i've, I've been helped a lot myself kevin over the years i've been blessed with some great mentors and i, I love teaching it uh, turns out that's my calling so
1: Well, I can't thank you enough for your expertise, your background, and your knowledge. I know I personally can use that advice. I've always thought of myself as a fairly decent business person, but each time I find myself that uh, there's areas that I'm weak in, and uh, for someone like myself or people who have dental service organizations or managed service organizations, I just want to be clear. I have, let's say, 17 properties each one with a different dental office. And if just generically for your listeners, what you're advocating is each one of those properties have its own separate limited liability company, and that gets fed to a master LLC. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that, that would be a more advanced view, but that, that a lot of people will evolve to that strategy. That's correct.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to thank um, Mr. Wilson, Gary, for his time, his expertise. He's obviously here to help not only the dental profession, but all professions. His background and expertise, I think, can lend a lot so that uh, where we're experts, In the field of healthcare, most of us are not experts in the field of business. And periodically bringing on an expert like Mr. Wilson, I think, benefits our listeners. I want to give special thanks to Mr. David Wolf for promoting and producing these podcasts. And again, special thanks to Vocal Corporation for providing supplies, knowledge, and education for my dental practices, and hopefully for our listeners. Uh, You've been listening to Dr. Kevin Coughlin and his guest. Mr. Gary Wilson. And the podcast is Ascent uh, Dental Solutions, and its focus is on education, knowledge, and training. And I look forward to speaking to you in the next few weeks. Please tune in and listen. Check out the website at www ascent-dental-solutions.com where these podcasts are listed along with my seven books on how to improve uh, the business of dentistry and still maintain an excellent level of health care and expertise in the field of dentistry. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to chatting with you soon.